You're watching KCMI TV. Uh, good evening. Uh, I'm glad you joined us, and uh, I hope that uh, tonight will be a, a, a time where you God gives you some direction for the hour that we're living in. And so, <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit about um, starting off with prophecy. And um, you know, there's been so many prophetic words given in the last, I guess, year and a half, especially. And I mean, if we're honest. There's nothing that hasn't been prophesied about. I mean, you, you if you search, you're going to find somebody's prophesying about something. It doesn't matter what you name, it's there. And so um, I, I believe in prophecy. Obviously, I, I stand in the office of prophet, and, and I know I've given a lot of prophetic words. But more than that, um, God ordained prophecy. And the Bible talks about this. despise not the day of prophesying. So... Uh, many of us, me included, have put a lot of hope in what we've heard uh, men and women of God say in the last several months, last year and a half. The, the danger is, and I'm starting to see it happen, um, maybe not on a large scale, but God's people sometimes begin to get discouraged in the hour that we're in because um, I guess it's what was last no uh, last November is when we saw the coup take place and Donald Trump that we thought would be president he was not and so we're I guess 10 months somewhere around there into um, believing that God's going to turn things around and what's happened sometimes is because we've not seen it, discouragement sets in. And so I, I'd like our, our time together to, to deal with that. Um, there are a couple of reasons that you have to be really careful for, that if you're not, uh, discouragement will set in. And uh, hope deferred, the Bible says, makes a, a heart sick. And this is the reason why, uh, though, we, we thank God for the prophetic word. Now you hear me, there's nothing more powerful than a personal, daily relationship with Jesus Christ because God will talk to you right there. And most of the time, prophecy is for confirmation. And God's going to confirm many times what we feel in our spirit. But uh, there are a couple of things that happen that are, are pitfalls for us when it comes to the prophetic word. Uh, a lot of times we will hear somebody prophesy something and our spirit will leap within us because it's addressing something that we want God to do. So one of the, the traps that the enemy uses is as soon as we hear that God has said, thus saith the Lord, and he's specific and he begins to deal with something we, by human nature, try to take that and fit it into a time frame. We start thinking, well, that's dealing with this, and we start trying to put God in our timing. And we start thinking, well, this prophetic word's going to happen within this time frame. But God said this, my ways are not your ways. And I've learned over time that... I need to trust God when he speaks something. 
Obviously, this doesn't apply to us now, but there were prophets who prophesied in the Old Testament that never saw the word fulfilled in their lifetime. It sometimes was a thousand years later. Now, I don't believe that is going to happen in this hour. I believe that God's going to change things. But whenever you try to put a timeline on God, most of the time, God won't do it in that time. And when that time expires that we thought God was going to do it, that's when discouragement sets in because we start thinking, well, God's not going to come through. The other problem is that we will take prophecy and we will try to interpret it to mean what we want it to mean. And you can't do that. You're going to, the Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. And, and I believe that God is going to, to put Donald Trump back in office. But wouldn't it be nice if God would have just told us the date? You know, thus saith the Lord on this date, this is going to happen, and then we wouldn't have to worry about it. But God doesn't do it that way. Why? Because there is an element of faith that's involved. The other thing is this, is that God will release the word, but then it takes the church to get a hold of that and to begin to intercede that it might come to pass. And there's, there's some verses in Ecclesiastes that I would like to read. And um, it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the son of men is fully set in them to do evil. And though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. And um, in prayer, this verse came up in my spirit because... He starts this out, he says, because sentence against evil is not executed speedily. And this has been a, an issue that has tripped up a lot of the people of God. Because we've stuck God in this time frame, and we think, well, God should have come through. He sh this should have already happened, and this should not have happened. Uh, stay in your element, because the scripture is very plain here that sometimes sentence is not executed speedily. Now think about this. When somebody has been found guilty, they go through the trial, and they stand before the judge, and he says, you're guilty. I find you guilty of murder or burglary or whatever. He first finds him guilty, and then many, many times they will set another trial date and they will bring that person back in because that's the day that they determine the sentence. And once that sentence is carried out, then after that is when the execution of the sentence is then carried out. We forget sometimes as the people of God that God has already dropped the gavel in this nation on wicked men. That God already has everything in control. But God is bound by his word. And so I'm, I, I want to lead you to something that you may not have thought about. That 
even though God has the ability to do something, sometimes God has to wait for the right season before he performs it because there are so many factors involved. And this is what the writer said. He said, sometimes sentence is not executed or carried out swiftly. And see, as men and women of God, because we recognize evil, we want God to just step in and do it. But that's not the way God does sometimes. And so I want to go back and I want to read, I think, one of the uh, most powerful verses or, ch or stories in the Bible. It's a parable. And uh, indulge me to, to do some extensive reading here. But um, in verse 24 of Matthew 13, Jesus is speaking, and, he, and it says this. He says, The kingdom of heaven is likened or compared unto a man that sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? Why are there tares? And he said unto them, he said, An enemy hath done this. So the servants, and see, this is where we are right now. The servants who have the discernment, they recognize the difference between tares and wheat. And they realize these tares are detrimental to the harvest. So they come to the master and they said, do you want us to go ahead and, and root up the tares? And the Lord said, no, because while you're giving up the tares, you will root up also the wheat with them. He said, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, this is Jesus' definition of this parable. He said, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. He said, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. And the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. King James reads world, but it's translated aeon, which means age, a segment of time. And he said, and therefore the tares are gathered, and he said, um, and the reapers are the angels. Well, I really want to go dwell on that for a moment. He said, and therefore the tares are gathered, burn them in fire, so shall it be in the end of this age. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. Uh, there is so much in this parable that gives us understanding of the age that we're in right now. And it starts off, he says, that the tares never appear until the fruit of the wheat appears. And see, we are, we are in the very preface. We're in the beginning 
of the last great harvest that we will ever know before Jesus comes back. So that means fruit starting to show up. That's why that the terrors are beginning to be revealed. We've went for a long, long time, and evil really has been hidden in our government. I mean, there's people we don't like, and, you know, just depending on their personalities or whatever and some of their stances, but never has evil been unveiled like it is right now. In fact, the Bible said there would come the day when good would be called evil and evil would be called good. You and I are living in that time right now. There's been a flip-flop. What is it? The tares have shown up, and there's no shame with them. And so in the midst of this now, the evil has been revealed, and we've seen this in the last several months, that the, the believers, the Christians, those that are in walking with God in discernment come to the Lord, the, the master of the field, and they said, can we remove these? He said, no. He said, because if I let you go out into that field and start removing the tares, he said, some wheat's going to get rooted up in a process. And God has not ever given you and I the ability to determine. We don't get to determine who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. And the reason being is because the Bible said that you and I, when we look at someone, we judge them on their outward appearance. But God said, I judge their heart. So the Lord said, I'm not going to let human beings walk into the field or the hour that we're in and we don't physically get, begin to begin to remove those that we feel like are an offense in the kingdom of God. So then what does God do? Number one, the Lord says, I'm going to remove the tares. That's the first thing that you and I need to hold on to. The evil that's going on in this nation right now will not continue forever to go on. God said there is an end to it. I will remove the tares. But he said, I will not allow this to be done until it's harvest time. And he said, at the beginning of harvest is when I'm going to go in and I'm going to have the tares removed. Um, I think it's in Hebrew. It's Hebrews that talks about that angels are ministering spirits for the heirs of righteousness. That's you and I. Psalms 91 talks about that God shall give his angels charge over us and they'll protect us and watch over us. But in this setting, the Lord said, I will not allow the tares to be removed until the wheat has reached maturity. And he said, when the wheat has reached maturity, its root system is strong. It's at an age, it's at a maturity level that it can accomplish what I've created it for. He said, then I'll remove the tares. And God has waited for this time. And we, this is why we get frustrated. We think, Lord, you should have already done with all this, dealt with it. And the Lord said, no, because my attention has not been on the tares. God's not worried about the evil that's in the earth. His focus in this parable was always about wheat. And he said, I will leave tares in the field to protect my wheat until it reveals itself as wheat. And 
Uh, I know this from studying that tares and wheat in the process of growing look very similar. And they will tell you at the time of harvest is when you can really tell the difference because wheat, the head of that wheat becomes very white and the weight of it will cause that wheat to bow over under the weight of the fruit. Yet tares, it's called darnel, gets black in the head and it stands straight up like it's in rebellion. And at that moment, you can walk out into the field and you don't have to wonder who's wheat and who's tares, but it is now identified. God has waited these last several months, this over a year now, because he has waited for his children to begin to reach a maturity. And he says, when I begin to remove tares, is when the last great harvest is going to be revealed. Now there's another key here that many times we don't think about. And the verse 39 in Matthew 13, he says, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. Harvest is the end of the age. And he said, the reapers are angels. And he said, I'm gonna send forth my angels and they're going to deal with the tares. I, I believe, in fact, when you go back and through the scriptures, you will find that angels are never loyal to men. They're only loyal to God. And um, I remember the story in 2 Samuel, I think, maybe 24, where David had sinned against God. He had numbered Israel. And God said, I'm going to give you some choices. And David said, I'll pick fall into the hand of the Lord. And the Bible said that God sent an angel into Jerusalem. And this angel began to kill. I mean, the sword was loosed. And that angel began to kill. And the Bible says that the angel would have destroyed Jerusalem. But David got to the threshing floor and offered an offering to the Lord. And when he did, God told the angel, stop. In the hour that we're in, and we've not ever seen this in our generation, but I, here's what's going to happen. So we keep thinking, I, I hear people all the time saying, well, you know, in 2024, there'll be another election. We're thinking in natural terms. This has nothing to do with politics. When God sets things right, we will look at each other and say, my God, we never saw it to be this way. And we will say this, only the Lord could have done this. And I, and I would encourage you to stop worrying about what we're seeing going on and trust the hand of God. If God said he's going to deal with it, he's going to deal with it. But you can't put a time frame on it. You can't decide, well, this is how God's going to do it, because as soon as you do, you get discouraged, you get disappointed, your hope gets deferred. One of the things, I believe the next thing that we're getting ready to see prophetically in the earth, not just in the United States, is I believe this, that wheat, hallelujah, has come to harvest. There is a righteousness that is waving, hallelujah, and bowing in humility before God in the earth. And you got this evil standing up in rebellion, and God is getting ready to look at angels and say, go. 
and their coming into the earth and their allegiance will not be to any man. It will be unto God. And the Lord said at the end of the age, there is an angelic host that physically God is going to send into the earth. And that's why I believe that you're going to see death begin to happen. And as it begins to happen, it will not touch the wheat. It will not touch the men and women of God. It's going to touch the tares that are in the earth. And you and I were never equipped for this segment. You and I don't, we don't have that ability. It is God's ability. He uses angels to do this, to, to cause this to come forth. And uh, I am encouraged in the Lord in this hour to know that, that God is doing amazing things. And, you know, you and I, um, when we got saved, we got a new spirit. Our souls are being regenerated. And our bodies eventually will be done away with. We'll be given a glorified body. And I think that... Um, as that right now what we're dealing with is is spiritual beings i think we have a, an element we have demon beings that are in the earth that are under the marshalling of satan and i think it's going to take a supernatural army out of heaven to start the first wave of judgment and you and i are going to stand on the sidelines hallelujah we're going to watch God supernaturally loosed the angels of heaven into the earth. No wonder the writer said, and there was war between Michael and his angel and Satan and his angels. And I want to encourage you in the Lord. Hold on to this word. Believe the prophets and you shall prosper. Stop putting dates on God. Stop saying, well, that didn't come to pass, and that's not a true word, and they're not a... Leave it alone. Let God fulfill his word in his time. And be encouraged in the Lord. Stay close to God. Stay prayed up. I shared this with my church on Sunday. It was Sunday morning before, uh, Sunday afternoon before I came to church, and I'll end with this. I was reflecting on a message I was getting ready to preach, and the Lord spoke this to me. He said, I'm getting ready to send another group home. And he took me back to Gideon. And he said, I sent 22,000 people home because they were afraid. And I think that's what the coronavirus done, has done. It separated the fearful from the kingdom of God. But the Lord said, I'm getting ready to separate those now that don't have discernment and have not been watching for the Lord. Scripture says this, that Jesus is coming back. The only people he's coming back for are people who have made themselves ready and are watching and are waiting for the coming of the Lord. Always remember this. God will give you righteous garments, but he won't dress you. It's your responsibility to put them on. And when Gideon took those men down to the water, 10,000 of them. The Bible said 9,700 just put their head in the water, weren't cognizant of what was going on. God said, send them home. And he said, I'm, I'm going to keep the men that kept their head up and watched. Stay in the spirit. 
You will not survive this time. We are literally walking by faith. We are believing that those things that are not as though they are. And I want to encourage you. You're getting ready to see the greatest hand of God that you've ever seen. My God, the Lord is loosing angels in the earth. They're going to remove men and women. We're not going to have to do anything about it. And I believe that before the end of 2021, we're going to see God do some incredible things. And so be encouraged in the Lord. Let God worry about fulfilling prophecy. Let God worry about our nation. And you worry about blessing the Lord. And you take time to minister to him. And in return, he'll minister to you. Well, I appreciate you spending time with me. I'm honored to have you. And um, those of you who watch from all around the world, uh, I pray the richness of God be upon you, that this word would have encouraged you. Until I see you again, God bless you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.